All right. Hey, guys. Welcome back to another episode of The Society. Uh, This season has been something sweet. This season has definitely been a journey with God for me. And so I thank you guys for coming along with me and just hearing what God has to say through me and through my guest. Um, As you all know from last season, this is definitely a change for me. Last season was honestly completely me except for two episodes but this season we're rocking it out with a special guest every single episode because I got tired of doing that work by myself (laughs) I'm just kidding but today we have my sister my friend we probably chat like every other day honestly and then when we do get on the phone it's for like six hours Uh, my my sister Marquita word prophetess Marquita I'm gonna put that out there (laughs) Because my girl is anointed, okay? Um, so just tell my audience, hey. Hey, everyone. It's good to be here. Yes. Thank you for, for obliging. I'll throw that big word out there. Thank you for doing that. And um, I I want to just, like, let you have this moment to throw in your, your shameless plugs, let the people know what you got going on. Who are you? Let us know. All right. So um, I go by Kita. It's just like easier for people to uh, to acquaint me. That's how that's just where I go by. Um, I'm a preschool teacher as of now. Um, as Courtney said, I'm a prophetess. Um, I have my own ministry called Beyond the Butterfly's Wings, um, and it helps women um, of all ages to get to their healing, get to their relation, get to their point in life of relationship with God and understanding where they are with God. Um, I'm writing a book currently. Um, I teach Bible study every Thursday with my group. Um, I do one-on-one sessions um, and I do have prayer boxes. So I just launched prayer boxes um, recently. Um, I do that on the side after I get off of work. Um, I'm a painter. I like to paint and um, I love God. I love serving God. I love doing things that God has called me to do. Um, And I'll be 30 in just a few days. So God is just the time has caught up to me. <laughs> but yeah, that pretty much sums up what I've been doing. And um, I'm just new. I'm new to Colorado. I just moved to Colorado. I've been here for five months now. And it has been an adventure with God. And I'm just grateful for everything that he's doing and continues to do thus far. Yeah, that's absolutely amazing. All of the things. That's why I, I love each guest that God you know, brought to my spirit to um, reach out to and ask is because not only are they forces within, you know, the regular world, our physical world. Also, you know, you're making strides to make sure that you are an effective leader within the Christian kingdom um, to go out and spread that word. And I think that it's amazing, even more that like you're a pre-K teacher and then it's like, oh, well, also, I have time for, you know, 30 little kids and then also like your grown self and what you got to do. And I will sit down and help you and guide you through your life. So I think that's beautiful. That um, shows also your heart and how. um, And I guess I feel like the led to say this, but shows um, the range of audience that God has called you to speak to because you can speak to the 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 baby and also the grown woman and I think that that is amazing because God speaks to all of us so why can't we also be called to speak 
to a wide range of people. And plus, we've once been there as well, um, speaking to the children. And then just the amount of wisdom that he appointed you and anointed you with, because I'm sure that in, yeah, you've shared with me, you have women that are older than you, probably like twice your age, (laughs) almost, that come to you and attend your Bible studies. So that's beautiful. Uh, Awesome. Um, I do want to take a moment to really um, highlight your prayer uh, jars that you do, the prayer boxes. Um, Tell us a little bit more about that and what inspired that. So when the pandemic hit is when God really gave it to me Um, back at home. I was um, I was praying for everybody. I would always pray, have somebody on my mind and um, my friend, actually, my friend Tiara told me about, she's like, I do a jar and she put things that she wants to, you know, like when people are like, I don't know what to watch on TV. So I'm going to pick and like where I'm going to eat at. And I was like, I need to do this for prayer. Um, and I tried it back there, back then. And um, I, I thought about doing it for other people, but it, I, I wasn't ready for it. But then this year, um, I've used it last year and this year I did it more for myself. And I would tell my close friends like, um, you should do a prayer jar. It seems like it always hits every time I pick and I pick somebody's name or I pick a situation or when I need to fast. Um, it started to work in my favor. So one Sunday I was just talking to God and he said, just write down your vision. What do you want to see? And I was just like, I heard this before. I know it's a scripture, but let me study it a little bit more. So I studied Habakkuk 2 and 2 and I wrote down everything I wanted to see. And the minute that I wrote it down, he started to give me the details of everything. And I was just like, OK, um, at first I was going to go get everything from the dollar store. And he was just like, your name's not the only one attached to this. I am, too. And I was like, you're right. Let me get this together. And then soon as I was just like, God, just have your way. I trust you. He was able to he gave me everything that I needed. Um, and it like just worked out. So I was nervous. I was inspired actually by um, Pastor Sarah Jakes Roberts. Her, um, She has a, wo- a woman, um, the book club that she has mm-hmm. um, with women involved. And the boxes is what expi- inspired me because it's kind of like the prayer boxes are like a kit, like a first aid kit. So I didn't want it too big. I didn't want like real big journals or anything. It was just supposed to be like a small, small kit to get you started to go to the secret place because the secret place is honestly what has helped me, um, what kept me alive. So I wanted other people to get to that posture with God because I've experienced it for myself. And I'm just like, if somebody else can just feel what I felt when God just took over me in that quiet place, um, I want to do so. And I trusted God with it. I trusted him with my finances to get the supplies. Because, you know, when you're launching something, it costs money um, and it takes a stretch of faith to just step out on it. So I did that. And as soon as I started it, it has been a blessing ever since. And people have been getting them, ordering them everywhere. And I'm just in awe. I'm just in awe because literally, like I said, the, the, the idea was in 2020, but it didn't launch until 2023. So I was just like wow, God is amazing. <laughs> like, it's amazing. Absolutely. Um, And you gifted me one. So again, thank you so much. Um, it has been a blessing and I can attest to it almost keeping you on track. And then also it's something you tangibly see. So when you walk past it, it's a reminder of like, even, well, did I pray today? You know, like, um, so that I do think is a God-given gift from you. Um, And to the reason why I wanted you to give us a more in-depth 
story behind your prayer boxes is because um, our episode today is about overcoming. And um, that's the title of it, the over what uh, the overcomer. And so um, I believe that just personally from some things that you've shared with me and just uh, me witnessing your life, witnessing your life, um, because me and uh, Marquita were not always uh, close as we are now. Um, There was a moment of time that I knew Marquita, I knew of Marquita, we followed each other on Instagram. um, And I could see that there was... uh, some working happening in you. You know what I mean? Um, And to see you now is absolutely amazing, like honestly amazing. Uh, Because I remember tuning into a live and I remember just listening at it and I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) I know she's coming out because the thing, the beauty of it was I could tell that you were broken, but in desperate. And that's what was leading you to speak. And so I could take comfort in knowing that because you're speaking, that shows me that there's a level of, I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That life is so, <laughs> when I think about that life, I'm just like, Lord, what was I thinking? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a difference when like, you know, you're supposed to be out of something, but it still hurts you and you want that person or you want that thing to feel what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And I think at that time I was operating in and I'm hurt and I want somebody to hear me. And whereas now I've overcome it and I'm speaking it from a testimony, more for like a testimony. I'm speaking in a testimony and not walking out the testimony. Like I'm not still in it. Um, so yeah, that lie was, <laughs> thank God I didn't save it. Amen. <laughs> um, I'm glad that there are a lot of moments in life that were not saved for the public to continue to see after, after the by and by, you know what I mean? But um, in my preparation for this episode with you, the God gave me God gave me the overcoming woman. Um, And so I was like, what woman in the Bible speaks to this, you know? Um, And the one that came to me was Mary Magdalene. (laughs) Um, Her story to me if we're talking about overcoming correlates very well um, with just the small snippet, I don't believe that I know everything in entirety, but the small snippet of, of you, who you are. Um, And not so much as in identical stories and, you know, I used to be a prostitute and I'm not no more, not in that (laughs) way, but in the way of Jesus had to save me from several things you know, like he had to cast out seven demons from her. Um, and then also we know that homegirl was a harlot. She was out here doing her thing <laughs> so she could eat. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And so there was several things, like I said, that God that had transpired in her life that got her to a place of like, okay, I need something different. There's yeah. something, there's something else here and it's either stay here and die or try out this thing that I'm seeing and let me try this Jesus people are talking about, you know? Um, yeah. So that's it. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Um, so yeah, I've, um, I suffered from suicide and trigger warning, but I suffered from, um, battling with suicide and um, self-harm for 17 years. I'm um, the first time 
um, I self-harm, I was 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And I battled with it for, as like I said, for so long because um, I was sexually abused as a child. Um, and then I was abused again as a teenager. And then I got into a relationship, like a adopted into a family that was also very narcissistic and abusive. Um, so it seemed like I was just in like a cycle of pain. And that was my comfort. Um, I would... Everybody else was controlling my body. Everybody else was controlling what I say, what I do. But I had control of the blade. I had control over um, whatever I would use. The pills, I had control over those things. Um, But I got tired. Um, I was 27 years old and um, I was crying to God. And I was just like, you have to help me. There's something you have to do. If you don't do it, then I don't see no hope for me. And the first scripture he gave me was Psalms 27 and 10. It says, my father and mother abandoned me. Then the Lord will take care of me. And I held on to that for a while, but I still wasn't connecting to God. It wasn't until last year, around this time, last year, May, at the end of May, um, I was drinking heavy. I was smoking. I was just, I was coming out, but I was going back in. It was like different things happening. I was homeless. I was living in my car and I had to go back to the very thing that broke me. And I thought that this was it. And I'm just like, God, I'm going to die here. I'm going, if I stay here, there's nothing that's going to, nothing good is going to happen to me. And I remember just like saying like, I just need seven days. Mm-hmm. Just give me, take the taste away, take the thoughts away. I just need seven days. And I remember going to sleep that night and he woke me up and he said, make a prayer closet. And I remember jumping up, I throw it through, throwing everything out of my closet. And I just sat there with God and I cried. I just cried. I let everything out. My tears did most of the talking. And then um, I didn't tell anybody that I was going on this journey because I feel like sometimes when we tell people like, um, I'm asking God to do this for me. Can you pray for me? Or I'm asking God to do that. And people, sometimes that is the prayer. They're like, yeah. And that, and then they go from there. Um, but then somebody, sometimes people pray against the very thing that you're trying to get released from. Um, because also misery loves company. So the company I was keeping, keeping was also supplying me um, the things that I needed. So if you get out of this, then I no longer you know, I I no longer have access to you. And too many people had access to me. So I was quiet. I sat in my closet and I didn't even realize that the seven days had went by. Um, It was the eighth day. And when I realized, I was like, God, you can't. And I was tempted by the third day I was being tempted, but he was giving me scriptures and song and me staying in my word. And it just helped me. Um, And then once I completed seven is the number of completion. Um, and then eight is the new beginning. So on that on that Sunday, actually, I was just like, God, I trust you. If I can get to eight, what what happens if I get to thirty? What about fifty? And every time I would hit a milestone, I would get excited. But it kept me drawing back to God and back to my prayer closet. And by the end of this month, I'll be a year um, from from self harm out and suicide. I've been three years, April nineteenth. But then May thirty first, it'll be one year from just no smoking or no alcohol. Um, and not that I was heavy on alcohol, but I was just heavy on other things. And God has definitely restored me from those things because. I depended on man too much that I see them as God instead of as God as himself. So I really had to get to a posture where I just, I just wanted God. I just wanted him. And I started to see things and I started to hear him again. Like I did when I was a little girl, when I was little, 
I heard um, God more. And even when you had said, like, he gave me the range to speak to the younger girls, um, the younger children, and then the women now and some older than me. Um, but the first little girl I had to speak to was the one that was inside of me. So it took it took me having to get sick and tired of me trying to figure it out on my own to finally saying, God, I have to do this only with you. And I don't need nobody else attached to me, just me and you. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, You said so much and so many different questions flew past my mind. Um, But the, you know, I'm big on practicality, right? Like I'm like, okay, that's cool. Like the big G, he up there, he running things. But I need you to speak to the the flesh side of me as well. Um, and I believe that, you know, you saying, God, you know, in seven days, take the taste away from me. That was a practical thing that you had to do for yourself. Like, if I can get to seven days, like, let me count the days, you know. Um, what are some other practical things that, you implemented in your life. I know the prayer box as well, but what are other practical things that you implemented in your life um, for you to reach the hope of I can overcome? I started to, um, I started to ask God what else I can do with my hands because my hands were my weapons. Um, And I love art. Um, I've been drawing since I was a little girl. So I started to paint during the pandemic. Um, so it kind of went from the razor to the paintbrush. Um, and I will, and also I wanted to learn more scriptures. I'm like, how can I implement this too? Um, so I would read scriptures and then God would give me a vision of something to paint. Um, so I would paint all day. I'll wake up and I'll have either a trigger moment or I would think about some things that I went through and it would try to overcloud me. And I would just go into my paint room and just paint. I would paint from the time I woke up till it was time for me to go to bed and I would have all these paintings in my, in my room. And, but I didn't want them. <laughs> they were just like my release, like just to get it out. Um, and then I, I love to walk. I like to go on walks and just be in the presence of God outside. Um, so I would walk around the park um, back at home was a park called Delaware park. And it's about a three mile walk. Um, and one day I just, that's what I did too. I took my paintings and I was just like, I'll just leave them around leave them around outside and um, they encourage me. So hopefully they encourage somebody else. So painting was one of the things and I love to journal. Um, I love to write. Sometimes when I can't talk to God and I can't get it out, I write those things down. Um, I write everything. Honestly, I write everything down. So I kept a journal, a small journal in my back pocket. Um, And then I love music. Listening to music really helps me. I always say, I believe my playlist. Uh, What do you want me to listen to today? So um, he it was music, it was writing, it was painting, walking, um, and reading. I used to hate reading when I graduated high school. I was really reading at a third grade level, so I didn't even think that I could even enjoy reading. I seen it as a chore. Um, but when I was on this healing journey and walking with God, um, I started to study more and I, I started to look up in different books and things. And so then reading had become something that I enjoyed doing. And that gave me something to keep my mind focused on. So now I can, instead of visualizing what I was in or what I went through, I can visualize what was in the book. I can see, I can literally hear the author's voice as they were writing. So it kind of like, I had different things. Like if this doesn't work, this will work. If that doesn't work, this going to work. So I had things that I could pull from, but I had to ask God first, what can I do differently 
with my hands, also with what I'm seeing, because what I'm seeing is also what I'm attracted to. So if I'm surrounded by pain, if I'm surrounded by people that are keeping me in the posture, then this is where I'm going to be. So surround me with things that are going to keep me focused on you and not on what I've been through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that that's amazing. Uh, A lot of our stories kind of correlate a lot of the time. Um, But the same thing for me, I during the pandemic, um, I always painted, but I really dove into it because that was my same question to God. While I'm here, what can I do with my hands? Because, you know, the saying in uh, an idle mind is the devil's playground. So what can I do to keep myself guarded, you know, in this space? Because I want to maintain and keep this relationship with you because I did fight to get to this relationship with you and I don't want nothing to, to mess it up, you know? Um, so I did the same thing. I did music. I, you know, double dabbled on the guitar. I ended up buying myself a keyboard <laughs> during the pandemic. I did everything I could do while I'm like trapped. And luckily also I had a pet. So I was able to like get up and go outside during the daytime to walk her, you know, um, But I am big on that. Like, that's why I asked the question is because sometimes we can think so simple and think like, if I just pray, (laughs) you know, like, that's going to be good. And it's like, no, sis, we got to do the extra mile. We have to put tangible things in place because our spirit man is going to be okay. It's this flesh that we got to whip into submission. It's the flesh that we got to be like, "Mm -mm, don't touch that. I know you like Mm -hmm. the police, but don't go over there and grab them because we don't need them. Like, um, so I think that that's beautiful. Did you have something to that? Yeah, that also was during the pandemic, um, God has also had to sit me down because I also was just, I also was moving and not sitting still. Um, I had, I did get, I got COVID twice mm-hmm. um, and it really, um, it took a toll on me because if it wasn't for my bishop, like I would have been on a ventilator because I was so, I was transitioning to building my relationship. So when I got sick, I'm like, okay, this is it. Like, this is, this is it. So like my mindset wasn't even, I'm going to survive this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it took God doing that and for me to really sit um, for me to really just trust that God can do something because um, my mind was idle. My mind was idle. I was hearing the enemy's voice more than I was hearing God because I was so, I'm cursed with the curse. Like God is not going to help me. I've done this. I've done that. I've been through this. This is supposed to be my life. I'm supposed to go through this cycle. Um, we know about Job and how he goes through things, but we only talk, we never talk about how he comes out of those things. Yeah. Um, I felt like I was just, this is my Job season. There's no coming out. This is just what it is. Mm-hmm. So it took a lot. Um, at first I had to be forced to sit down because I wouldn't sit down on my own. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just like, okay, I'm going to do this or pray and pray. And God had to teach me to pray. I did the acts prayer, where it's ad- you pray for adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. I had to ask God, teach me how to pray to you. Because I don't want to just give the, I don't want to come here like um like a like religion. I want to come here like 
this is how I'm feeling. I don't want to come here strong to you because I'm not strong right now. I'm mm-hmm. I'm desperate for you. So teach me what to say. And sometimes that was me crying. Sometimes that was me just sitting in silent in silence. So it was definitely a journey in the process to get there too. It wasn't something like, oh, this can work. I'm gonna try this out. No, sometimes mm-hmm. none of it worked in the beginning, but then as it went on, it, it got better. Yeah. Um, And speaking to that, like not knowing what to pray, I remember a lady in my church back home. um, She just told me, wake up every day and say the Lord's Prayer. (laughs) So I just started doing that, waking up every day like I do know this. If I don't know nothing else, I know that I know this. Um, And then from there, I was able to like the Lord's Prayer was my outline. So like, you know, give us this day, our daily bread. Like, what is that to you? What is your daily bread? Honestly, you know, God, thank you for your word today. Thank you for in your word, letting me know that I am more than a conqueror, you know, like I can overcome, I can do something, you know, um, for, forgive me as I forgive those that, you know, did something against me. Like, okay, God, I know that I said this cuss word today. So Father God, please forgive me and allow me, grace me with the spirit of humility to forgive such and such when they did this to me, because it did hurt me. And so it started, you know, walking me through that process of making the prayer personal in my own. Y'all, this has been so good. I just wanted to take a quick pause for the cause to shout out one of our sponsors for this season, the HBCU Parents. They are over on Instagram creating a platform that gives us knowledge about our HBCUs, tells us about their experience from when they were at their respective colleges, HBCUs, and it is just amazing what they're doing over there. So you can follow them at the HBCU Mom and at the HBCU dad for more info on what's going on over there. Again, that's on Instagram. So let's get back to it. So I do want to ask a question because you did say something um, very beautiful to me that stuck out was how pausing and sitting still was a pivotal part of you transitioning into overcoming like and I think when we think about healing when we think about getting um just doing anything new in life right like oh I have this business venture that I want to do so I'm going to get up and I'm going to work 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 to get it I'm gonna run I'm gonna wake up every day at 5 a.m I'm gonna do this I'm gonna fill my day with all of these things can you talk about or elaborate even more on the importance of stalling for a moment and just being like, I just got to wait. Yes. Um, So I'll speak on last year because that's when I really had to learn to sit in God. So I said I was a part of um, a family that was very abusive, um, not only spiritually, but mentally and physically. And I wanted to get away from them. So I moved prematurely. I knew I I wasn't going to always be there, but I moved prematurely and I ended up it ended, it ended me being homeless. It ended me being in sleeping in my car for almost three months. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I had to end up going back to the very place that um, I was running from, I had to ask God, okay, God, I'm ha- I was so grateful to be in that spot. I was just like, yes, I'm here. I got my own place back. Um, I'm about to 
decorate it. I'm going to renovate. I'm just going to do everything all over. And then I got this push in my spirit that first ask God, are you supposed to do this? But in order for me to ask God, we always pray and think that we're we were talking to God. It's a two-way relationship. I done said all these things and then I, I'm going to get out of here. But I never wait and listen for his voice. So I had to sit down and listen and wait to see what he had to say. And I'm on my way to Home Depot to go get the paint, but I didn't hear his voice. I done prayed the prayer, but I didn't even hear if he said, this is okay. Mm-hmm. So it took me like, okay, I didn't hear from you yet. So I'm not going to do it. So let me just continue with something. Yeah. And then finally, um, I was in prayer one day and I was just like, God, I do not want to stay here. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to. I don't see myself here. You got to get me out. I don't want to be here. I'm grateful that I was able to come back to a place, but I don't want to stay in this place. And he said, do you understand why I made you wait? Because if you would have just moved, you would have fixed up something that you really don't even want. You were going to mass in something that you don't even want. So he taught me how to I had to learn to be patient to move in him because I already seen the results of moving prematurely. I already seen how it will end up if I move on my flesh and I just wait on my spirit. And I think within a month time after praying that prayer, he said to pack up and I didn't have a destination. And then again, I still had to wait. Um, and then again, I'm a pattern pa- pastor Sarah's book club. She came out with a book. Um, one of the author's names, I can't think of her name right now, but the book is called Four Minutes to Hear God's Voice. And the way she writes how she hears God's voice in this book is absolutely amazing. I'm like, I got to try this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just sitting in God's presence for four minutes, not saying anything. The first scripture you read is Joshua 1 and 9. And after you read that, you just sit still for four minutes. You don't pray. You don't do And it, Being silent is hard. Because you're talking in your mind, you're praying in your mind, you're thinking, you're listening to the sounds around you. Um, But it taught me discipline. I had to literally sit. And for the first couple of times, I was hearing everything else. I was praying in my head. I was hearing outside noise. But I didn't give up. I'm like, I really want to adapt just hearing from you. But it required a time frame. And I think sometimes we get to the space where we feel like, it has to be 30 minutes of just silence or an hour. Like we put the expectation so high that if we fail, we never go back to it. So four minutes is not a long, it feels like a long time. But in that, I remember I was like, God, I had a, I'm trying to look for, I finally got the destination to where I was moving and I was looking for an Airbnb and I was like, all right, God is either A, this one or B, pick one. I'm gonna sit for four minutes. And I remember sitting on my bed and I turned off everything. I turned off my um, my phone. I put my timer on and I turned off the lights and I just sat there. And in that four minutes, um, God showed me sitting in the palm of his hand. So I thought he was going to answer my prayer concerning the Airbnb. But really, he was like, you don't need any of that. You just need the comfort of me right now. And I remember crying so hard because it was in that four minutes that he knew exactly what I needed and not just what I wanted. And because he gave me what I needed, what I wanted came on his timing and not my own. So it really, I had to get disciplined. I had to learn how, if I want, God already loves me, but I'm learning to love him because of what I've been through. So 
now I'm in a posture where, yes, I talk to you, but I also want to hear what you have to say, too. We in a relationship together, right? We're in a relationship. So if we're in a relationship, I can't be the only one talking. I have to also listen. So with that, I learned to, and it wasn't always easy. Um, and sometimes the four minutes, I didn't hear anything. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do eight minutes. But then because of my drive to want to hear God, he began to speak and his voice became more clear to me. So it, it took a lot, but I hope I answered your question because I said a lot. But um, it definitely, it took discipline to continue and to really posture myself. But it has to be a desire. Do you want to hear from God? Do you, the, the Bible says, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. My desire was him. I want you. I don't really want the other things. I really just want you. Um, and he gave me him. He gave me him more than what he was, what I could already see. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, and going back to Mary Magdalene, um, you know, once she was delivered, from the, the the spirits that she had, and um, she came into this enlightenment of who Jesus was. You know, we know that she followed behind Christ and the disciples after that. Um, and so, I think that that's such a beautiful part of the story um, that we don't really harp on. You know, like we talk about all the junk that she went through and how, oh yeah, she got Jesus, but we did we don't talk about. Um, or I haven't really heard anyone talk about how Mary Magdalene followed behind Jesus and the disciples. And then also she was the one that Jesus came to and said, now I need you to go tell them that I've risen. Like mm-hmm. that to me is beautiful. And it spoke to your story because now that you've done the work, you found this you know, um, this new relationship, you figured out what works for you and what doesn't work for you um, as far as the tangible things you do to help keep you in relation with God and making sure you're staying in tune with his voice. I feel like the Lord has called you now to a place where he's like, okay, go tell the people that I've risen. (laughs) Go let them know. Go shout it from the mountaintop, girl. Um, literally I I am king Uh, and the biggest thing is I think is you can just share the story and even Mary in this instance you can share the story not only from what you've witnessed outside of yourself but just what you've witnessed inwardly and in you he's king over my life he's risen in my life so Mm -hmm. I can I can shout this to the rooftop for you um, so I want I want you to speak to that. Um, that's why I did name the episode "The Overcoming," as in it's continual because I don't think we ever stop having those moments to overcome, right? Um, because I'm sure once you reach this moment, and I I personally know, you know, you reach this moment, you've moved, you've listened to the voice of God, but now I'm still overcoming. So how do you navigate? knowing what you've been through, knowing who I am. And then even for Mary in that instance, like you telling me a woman back in the day to go tell these men something, you just say it like, come on now, you know what I mean? <laughs> so could you speak to your acceptance of this is who I am in Christ? Yeah, um, 
It honestly took me a while to really accept who I was. I would hear it um, often from God, like, this is what I called you to do. I've called you to speak. Um, and then just taking me to Colorado, to the mountains to speak, um, taking me um you elevated me not only in the spirit, but also in the flesh, also in my surroundings. Um, but I was very fearful. I was very fearful. I was very fearful to say um, I'm still like I'm not fearful, but like I'm just not big on titles. Um, mm-hmm. I know God has called me, but um, I was just like, God, teach me just to be a daughter. I just want to be a daughter. Um, and I. Because he taught me how to stay in a secret place, I wanted to stay (laughs) in the secret place. I wanted to stay um, in this posture. But now that God has called me to speak, um, every now and then I do have those moments where, like, um, I'm I'm fearful. I'm like, God, what if they only see me with what I've been through? Um, Because I've been through so much and because I was in it for so long, you transitioned me quickly. Um, and although I've seen it in my life, how do I know they're going to see it that way? How do I know if they're really going to see um, see me how you see me? So um, he still had to work on the validation part. Not that I wanted validation from man, but I want people to know that you're real um, without seeing the the past me. And what he taught me was I had to... I had to just trust him. I had to have that faith to believe that if he can do it, like you said, inwardly, then it will come out on its own. My favorite scripture is Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, where he says, do not ponder on the things of old. And I was pondering. I was thinking about like, well, well, if it happened like this, God, then I don't know if it's going to work. And that's what the enemy does. He keeps you looking at the old thing, thinking you can change it. I can't change my past. I can't change what I went through. I can't change what I've gone through. So why am I looking backwards? But then he says to listen carefully. So then I had to listen again. I had to go back to what he was saying about me. I had to go, you call me daughter. You call me a teacher. You call me a prophet. So I had to go back and listen. He's listen carefully. I'm about to do a new thing and it shall spring forth. Do you not perceive it? So he's asking me a question. Do you perceive that if I've called you to do a thing and I said it's new, that it's going to work out for your favor? And I'm like, okay, God, I do. But then it also says, I will make a a river in the desert and a road in the wilderness. So he says, even in the impossible where man can't do what man can't see, I can do it. So you have to trust me. It went back to this trust thing. So I really had to stay honestly hidden and really understand how God seen me so that even if those things came up and they tried to, I had to remind myself like that is what it was, but God is doing a new thing. If I keep looking back, it's going to spring before me and I'm going to miss it. So I really had to just, every time I get those, those moments of anxiety that wants to keep me in a space where I can't open my mouth, I'm reminded that I'm not the one speaking. It's God speaking through me. And he says that, I think it's in Matthew 10, where he says, I'm sending you out to wolves. Mm-hmm. I'm sending you out and I need you to be as wise as a serpent, but as gentle as a dove. I, you show me how you're gentle, but I need you to also be wise. And then in the moment, they're going to talk about you. They're going to talk about the past. They're going to talk about where you are. They're going to talk. He's He's letting me know these things. He says, but in the hour I'm going to speak through you. So I, I kind of remind myself constantly that if God is telling me to do it, he's also going to back me up. 
He's yeah. going to back me up anything, and I can trust that it's going to work out. And even though people are going to talk, even though people will, there's going to be some people that are not going to hear me because they want to keep me in a posture. But I can trust that maybe if I just talk to one, if I can just get that one, then I, my then my limit is not in vain. I didn't do anything yeah. in vain. Um, so I, I don't worry about. I try not to worry about what people are going to think or what, what, um, I don't, I I try not to hold on to so much of what I went through, but the fact that I went through it and now look where I am now, sometimes I just got to look in the mirror and just like be in complete shock with myself. Like, I can't even believe that I'm not even in a posture to think, to do, like, I'll look at my scars on my arm or all over me, honestly, like, it doesn't even sit, feel like that was even me. It seems so foreign to me. Yeah. It seems so like it never happened. Um, so like, and I just like, I think that's just what helps me that it really is an old thing. And God is constantly doing a new thing. So I trust that the new thing is going to work out because you've already proven yourself before. Yeah. So that's where I, where I am right now. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, thank you again for being on. I believe that your story is beautiful. Um, so I can't wait for this book so the the world and, and whoever needs to hear it can be inspired by it because you have so much to share. And I wish we could sit here and just like thread through everything because you have so much to offer. Um, but, you know, we don't want to talk to people to death, but you have been um, an amazing friend to me. And I know that you've been an amazing confidant and, you know, listening ear to those who have been called to you and to your, your ministry. Um, So before we go, just one last thing, what is it that you want um, a woman that's choosing to overcome what's the one thing you want her to to take away from this episode um it's okay it's honestly okay to not be okay um when you're not okay it gives room for god to make you okay yeah you don't have to show up fixed because he's the one that's going to do it um be vulnerable be vulnerable with god be um, know that he he's he's going to meet you where you are. And I think you shared that with me. Like, it doesn't take God long if it doesn't take you long. Yeah. And um, I think that's the biggest thing that you have to understand is that God is not holding no condemnation against you. He just wants you. Don't see yourself as a servant. Don't see him yourself as all of these things. But just see that. He says, I am adopted into his kingdom. So I'm his daughter and he's going to take care of me. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Thank you again, prophetess Marquita. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. You guys, thank you for tuning in for another amazing, I mean, wisdom packed episode. And I pray that you guys are able to take something away to continue on your journey of overcoming all of the things that you once had to experience in life because there's purpose in all of it. So uh, guys, uh, guys, again, thank you for tuning in. Uh, always remember, never forget, the more you know, the more you grow, and the more you realize, the more you can impact lives. I'm your host, Courtney Elise Coleman. Thank you for tuning in.